0: of worship. And we praise God for every element of our worship. We thank God for our praise team, our musicians. We thank God for baptism, which is also worship. And we thank and praise God for the blessing of being in the sanctuary one more time. We praise God for Sinai, who at eight years old, decided that she wants to give her heart to God. And we thank God for our teachers and spiritual leaders who feed our children with spiritual food every week. We thank you for taking the time to prepare, to help them understand that Jesus should be the center of our lives. I pray that we will always focus on our children and youth and help them to understand that he is God. And we need God for survival. We need God if we're going to be like Jesus. Let us pray, most holy and everlasting God. We thank you for the privilege of worship. We thank you, God, for residing at Pleasant Grove Church and we thank you for anointing this holy ground and Lord we thank you for being in worship leading and guiding us we thank you for your recorded word and we thank you for the privilege of study for teaching and preaching of God and in this moment dear God I am praying that your word will become a reality in the hearts of your people and we will be transformed instantly and that we will be cleansed so that we may be used for your glory. And I pray, dear God, that any distraction or anything that comes against us during our time of worship will not be validated at all, but will be destroyed by your will and your power. I ask all of these blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and the church said, amen. Let the church say amen. You sound weak today. Let the church, let the church say amen, 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 Amen. hallelujah. John chapter 4. I hope all of us are taking the time to really dig into John because there's a lot here. And when I was preparing my sermon for today, I was struck by the conversation Jesus had with the woman at the well. And the word says that Jesus said to her in verse 16, go call your husband and come back. And the woman said, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus went on to explain to her, yes, you do. I know all about you. I was thinking to myself, Wouldn't it be amazing to have Jesus follow you for 24 hours without your knowledge? And I was wondering, what would Jesus see? What would he hear? What kind of trouble would you be in? Because sometimes we think because we are hiding that God does not see us. But Jesus makes it plain in this passage of scripture is that I know where you've been, I know what you did, I know where you're going I know how you got there so you might as well fess up so today I ask you does your life glorify God does your life really glorify God are you a reflection of Jesus Christ at all times are you a disciple of truth and does your worship meet God's expectations I was happy to see the praise team today to continue to sing One More Sunny Day because it helps us to understand that worship is not controlled by us, but worship is really led by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes as human beings, we don't like the Holy Spirit having power over us. But I love it when the Spirit is ushered in, and you can't help yourself. All you can do is wave up your hand. All you can do is shout hallelujah. All you can do is say thank you, Jesus. All you can do is dance a little bit in the Spirit. It's finally time for us to understand that God orchestrates worship. And whether it lasts five minutes or 50, as long as God is in charge. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There are several Bible verses related to John 4:24. God is a spirit. Say that with me. God is a spirit. And they that worship him, they that worship him must worship him. In spirit, and in, spirit. And, in and in truth. So, if our worship is not authentic, then there has been no worship. Let me say it again if our worship is not authentic, then it is worthless unto God. Worship, Kim, is the love language of God, and it's not orchestrated by you, and your calendar is orchestrated by Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians 3:17 says, "Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." Matthew 15, verses eight and nine, "This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is not from me." Philippians 3:3, "For we are the circumcision which worship in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus." I have no confidence in the flesh. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 7, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but it is the Lord who looketh on the heart. If the Lord is looking on the heart right now, what is the Lord looking at on your heart? What is there that needs to be removed? Psalm sixty-six eighteen 18 says, if I regard my iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So church, we need to know that we need to repent and we need to clear up our hearts and the things that are in our bodies and minds that are not of God. Because uh, Psalms 50, verse 23 says, Whosoever praiseth, glorify me, and to him that ordereth his conversation all right, I show the salvation of God. So God is with us when we are authentic. God is with us when we have taken the time to repent before Almighty God. When is the last time you truly repented? When is the last time that. You name some of the things that you've done that are not pleasing to God. And sometimes it's not big things. It could be little things like you're driving along, Brother James, and you know you're not supposed to be texting and reading your email and your messages while you're driving. And that little note comes up on your phone that says, you should not be doing this while you're driving, right? How many of you did do that? And you get to the traffic light and then you start reading, says, well, I'm not driving now. So you talk yourself into a lie just to do what you want to do. See how easy it is? Well, I'm not driving now, Lord. I'm just sitting here waiting for the light to change. So what I'm going to do is that I will continue to be obedient when I can have my way. You're not supposed to drive and read your messages at the same time. What is repentance? Have you ever truly repented? The Greek word translated repent literally means to change your mind. And this is also an accurate description of repentance. In modern terms, it is a change of mindset, a change of the paradigm, of the way that you see things. And when God convicts you, you ought to change your ways and change your attitude. The reading of Scripture reveals that repentance is important in all of our lives. Therefore, it needs to be defined accurately. I repent every day, all day, because I am in human flesh. And the Bible says that as long as we walk in this flesh, that we will do things that are not pleasing to God. Sometimes it's not big things, it's just the way that you look at other people. Sometimes it's the little things like when you give a person a stare that is ungodly just because they did something you didn't approve of. Biblical repentance is the gigantic shift from trusting in what you do to be right with God to trusting in the work of Jesus to make you right with God. What we're really saying, Malik, is that Jesus introduces us to the righteousness of God. So if a person is not in relationship with Jesus Christ, then they do not see the righteousness of God because it is not revealed to them. There are two points here, that we are utterly unable to do anything to make ourselves right with God. You cannot save yourself, not make yourself right. If you overeat and eat things you should not eat when you know you're diabetic, nobody can fix that but God that Jesus did absolutely everything to make us right with God. He came, he went to Calvary, he preached, he taught, he witnessed, and he gave us an example of what we should be like. A number of things naturally follow repentance. Once your eyes are open to the ugliness and seriousness of sin, you should abhor sin. And even though we do, we see that we are still very weak in the face of it. Even though we try not to sin, we know that we will continue to sin, but we don't have to. God is not giving us a blank check to sin whenever we want to, in any way that we want to, but we have been saved so that we might be a witness for Jesus Christ in a dark world and that we might be able to spread the word of the gospel. Down through the centuries, millions of repentant people have joined Paul in saying, for the good, this is in Romans 7:19, Pastor Joseph. It says that for the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that is what I do. Can I get a witness? You ever really looked at yourself like Paul? Paul was so honest. I love the Apostle Paul. He said for the good that I would, I do not do. But the evil which I would not, that is what I do. He's saying here that even me, the prophet, the preacher, the teacher, I sin. And we have to be aware of our sinful nature. One of the best biblical portraits of a repentant person, in my opinion, is in Luke chapter 19, starting at verse number 2 in the person of Zacchaeus. And the word of God says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich and he sought to see Jesus who was and could not be seen because he was a little man, Brother Rod, and he could not fight with the crowd and he was lost in the crowd. The Word of God says, read it for yourself in Luke 19, and when Jesus came to the place he looked up because Zacchaeus had gotten into a tree so that he might be able to see Jesus. Have you ever had a tree moment when you were trying your best to see Jesus but there were too many people in line? Have you had a moment when you said, "Uh uh-uh, I should be in the head of the class because my sin, I got to see Jesus? And the word says that Jesus came to the place and looked up. That caught my attention, Deacon Keith, because it helped me to understand that one day I was in a tree, and Jesus looked up and acknowledged me. One day all of us were in a tree, and Jesus took the time to acknowledge us. And the word said is that Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and he saw him, and he said unto Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must reside at your house. And he made haste and came down, so two things have happened. Jesus acknowledges him, and Zacchaeus responds immediately. I'm disappointed when I hear people say that they're going to give their life to the Lord when they clean up their lives or so you won't ever give your life to the Lord because you're not able to clean up your life and if we had that much power we would never be in the mess that we're in and so what we need to do is learn that when we bring our brokenness and whatever we have to God God will transform us into a vessel that he can use and when the people saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be with the guest, with a man that is a sinner. I love it when Jesus comes to my house. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anybody or made any false accusations, we know what we've done. So he set it up because Jesus needed to verify that I know what you've done. I restore him for full. And Jesus said unto him, this day salvation comes to your house. What this teaches me is that when we are willing to repent and fess up on what we have done that is not right according to God, Jesus shares salvation with our households. Are you the hold up? Are you the one the Lord is waiting on to repent? Are you the one in your home or household that God is waiting on to say, yes, I did it, and I am sorry. The word says that Zacchaeus threw a party. I probably made that up a little bit. And he became a joyful philanthropist. It's something about repentance and being in right relationship with God that drives you to do the right thing. So he abandoned everything, and he gave his life to the Lord. There's another example in the Bible that I would like to share with you. It's another blessing from God is informing us of our sinful nature. Unfortunately, many of us resist the messages God sends us through other people because they don't look the way that we think they ought to look. And they don't dress the way that we think they ought to dress. But God sends us messages through different people at different times. And then 2 Samuel chapter 12, you know this story, Nathan confronts David about his sin. But the first thing that it teaches us that even David, who was a king and a man after God's own heart, passed in Uriah, he was sinful. It said that the Lord sent Nathan to tell David. So Nathan came to him and said there were two men. Go along with me. 2 Samuel chapter 12. There were two men in a certain city, and one was rich and the other was poor. And the rich man had a very large number of sheep and cows, but the poor man had only one little female lamb that he had bought. He raised her, and she grew up in his home with his children, and she would eat his food and drink from his cup. She rested in the arms and was like a daughter to the man. Now a visitor came to the rich man, and the rich man thought it would be a pity to take one of his own sheep or cattle, to prepare a meal for the travelers. So he took the poor man's lamb and prepared her for the traveler. David burned with anger to the man, and he said, solemnly swear that as the Lord lives, he said to Nathan, the man who did this certainly deserves to die, and he must pay back four times the price of the lamb because he did this and had no pity. And then Nathan says to David, you are the man. And Nathan told David, this is what the Lord God of Israel said for me to tell you. I anointed you king over Israel and rescued you from Saul. I gave you your master Saul's house and his wives. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if it wasn't enough, I would have given you even more. Hallelujah. Why did you despise my word by doing what I considered evil? Sometimes, every now and then, we look at things that God does not want us to look at. And we go after things of the world that God does not tell us to go after. So you see, Uriah was a Hittite killed in battle, and he took his wife. But what happens here is that David realizes that even though I am a man after God's own heart, I am still sinful. And so the Lord said to David that I will stir up trouble, against you and your household. In other words, God was saying to David, you will pay for this sin because you know better. And then Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin and you will not die. But in verse 14, since you have shown total contempt for the Lord by this affair, the son that is born to you must die. Are there any affairs in your life that need to be ended because they're not godly? Are there any things in your life that you need to stop doing because they're not pleasing unto God? The story goes on, Kelly, that the child died. And what I ought to say right now is that there are times in our life when God gets our attention by taking some of the things that we really want. There are times in our lives when God gets our attention when we have sinned and we refuse to repent. And David responds to the revelation from God in Psalm 51, and that's what it's all about. And this is a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him, and David said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all of my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. I think it would be awesome if we all would sit down and write our repentance psalm of repentance unto God and if we would take the time to acknowledge the things that we should not have done in our past present and probably in the future David said I want you to do these things clean me with hyssop let me have joy and gladness hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity created in me a pure heart O oh God and present me with the right spirit Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And then I will be a transgression of your way so that sinners will turn back. What this teaches us is that we must have transparency before God if we're ever going to do anything for God. God knows our hearts. God knows our sins. And God knows the things that we are guilty of. God is spirit. And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. He cannot be expressed in the seeking but his very nature and essence is spirit. As a further answer to the woman's question, Jesus said that may just to be called his own and it exhibits an idea of God that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. What I've learned is that we don't walk into worship immediately. Worshiping God is a process. And it starts for me on Sunday afternoon. And I'm in that mode all week trying to be certain that I am aligned with the Word of God and that I am aligned with the will of God. Every time we enter the sanctuary, we do not necessarily have worship with God. We are preoccupied where we need to go. We are preoccupied of the things at home that we didn't get to do. We are preoccupied because we didn't get our hair trimmed, and we got to get it done today. Christ came to declare God to us, and then he has declared concerning him that he is spirit, and he has declared as he took the time to teach the Samaritan woman that you got to worship God on God's own terms. It's not on your terms. It's on God's terms. That's one of the reasons we stopped doing bulletins in the church. It didn't make any sense. Because when you do a bulletin, everybody thinks that you need to follow the bulletin. No. A human being put the bulletin together. You need to follow the spirit of the Lord. And sometimes God did not choose the song that you choose. So sometimes God will shake things up right in the middle of worship and change what you think because it is not of God. So what I'm saying is that there are times when we pretend that we are worshiping God. And we really aren't worshiping God. We are doing what we want to do and we're asking God to endorse it. And sometimes it falls flat on our faces because God only wants to be involved with true worship. Because true worship is God-centered worship. True worship is not based on what you think. It's based on what God wants to do in the heart of his people. You ought to say amen. You can't be a worship leader and lead worship when you have not been in worship yourself. You can't come into the house of the Lord and lead anything at all if you have not made preparation in the spiritual realm. You see, what uh, we're learning here is that you can't just show up and expect to please God. God expects us to make preparation every day for what comes together for worship on Sunday. And God does not allow us to dictate what worship looks like because if all praise out and glory is going to God, then God has the privilege to make it look the other he wants it to look like. We need to get in our own place. We need to understand we're not all of that and a cup of tea. We're not all of that and a coconut cake. God has people that can sing, but singing does not necessarily mean you're worshiping God. I know some people, they have one song that they want to hear all the time. And you say, why do we keep singing that song? Well, it's because you took the lead and you like the song. Alex, that does not mean that God's getting glory. God gets glory when we follow the spirit of God and when we do what is pleasing to God. So if God says pray one hour, I'm praying one hour. If God said preach ten minutes, I'm preaching ten minutes. If God said preach all afternoon, I'm going to preach all afternoon, even if I'm here all by myself. If God says sing it again, I'm going to sing it again in the name of Jesus. If God says raise up your sinful hand and give me some waves, I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. We need to get worship right. Worship needs to be done for God's glory. Not on your calendar and it's not on mine. And the church needs to understand that God orchestrates worship. And worship is done for God because he deserves it and for his pleasure alone. Every time I counsel with someone who's getting married, we read the book by Gary Chapman called uh, The Five Love Languages. Do you know God has a love language? God has a love language, too. There are things that God expects us to do because we are in relationship with God. God expects us to pray. God expects us to repent. God expects us to serve. God expects us to give so that those who have nothing, the least of these, will be blessed. God has high expectations of us. And I'm so glad that they don't change whether we respond or not. God's standards never change. And finally, the scripture says that truth is characterized by both qualitative and quantitative aspects. The truth is not what you think. The truth is what God thinks and what God reveals. Before identifying himself to his brothers, remember Joseph desired to test them by commanding them to send one of their brothers as a prison to see if there is truth in them. Is there truth in you? Can God trust you to tell the truth, or do you tell what you think? Truth is also a quality used to describe utterances that are from the Lord. When Elijah intervenes for the son of the widow at Zarephath, bringing the boy back to life, the boy's mother was now, she said, now I know. Hallelujah. She was saying, now I know that this God really lives because my son was dead, but now he is alive. Can I get a witness? Have you ever been in a situation where the truth was that you were just dead in sin, but God came by and gave you a way out, that God came by to lift you up, that God came by to put a new song in your heart? You see, the spirit will control the flesh. But if there is no spirit, flesh is out of control. The spirit controls the flesh, let me say it again. And if your flesh is not under the control of the spirit, you are in the process of a nightmare and a bad accident. Because we need to understand our own vulnerability and the fact that we are not able to save ourselves. We are not able to even deny ourselves. We need a visitation from the Holy Spirit. And so that's what God is saying is that I am offering you a free coach. I'm offering someone who will walk with you and talk with you and keep you on the right track. All you need to do is sign up and be willing to be coached. But some of us don't want to be coached. We want to stay just like we are. As my grandmama said, we want to stay just like we is. We don't want to do anything differently. We just want to be who we are. No, 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 no. Whatever we are, we can be better. Whatever we're doing, we can do better in the name of Jesus. For Paul said, the truth is a message of God that all of humanity has repressed. That's why I say to my people, study for yourself. Read the word of God for yourself. Do a word study and find out the root meaning of worship. Do a word study and find out what is the true meaning of truth. Do a word study and ask, what is spirit? You see, as long as we are not in study and in the word, we have no power. And we have nothing to fight back with. But once we are grounded in the word, God will show us the truth. And God will be magnified in our lives. The truth abides with us forever. And God's word says that God will forgive us of our sins. And while the truth appears only a sporadic basis in the epistles, John spends a lot of time talking about the truth. Because he wanted the woman at the well to know the truth and he wanted to set her free. He wanted the woman to know, I know you've had five husbands, and the man you live with now is not your husband, but I'm over there. I'm trying to get you on the right path so that you can be a witness for Jesus Christ. I'm trying to get you on the right path so your life will be used to glorify God. I'm trying to get you on the right path so that your life will give my name glory and people will be saved to know that I am God. So I ask you, do you remember when you were in the tree? Do you remember? I don't know if it was a sycamore tree, an oak tree, I don't know, a pine tree, I don't know what kind of tree it was. It could have been a palm tree. I have no idea. But do you remember the day in your life when you looked up and realized that you had been retrieved from sin by the power of Almighty God? Did you ever take the time to go back to thank God for saving me? Thank God for loving me. Thank God for raising me up when I was down. Thank God for giving me one one more sunny day. Thank God that when I was deep in sin, that the Lord lifted me, that when I was deep in sin and I was cheating in life and I was cheating the Lord, the Lord did did not leave me alone but he kept talking to me through the Spirit. You can do better than this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who brings me before the Lord. I can do all things because my God has given me a savior. I can do all things because God has sold my iniquity. I can do all things because God is a faithful God. I can do all things because my God is a healer. I can do all things because my God is righteous. I can do all things because my God is the God of his word. I can do all things because I have the power of Almighty God. I can do all things because Lord Christ has the victory. You just got to sing one more time, one more sunny day. I'm not done with that yet because you know, I just want one more sunny day. And I am willing to witness for the Lord. I want one more sunny day, and I can speak of His goodness. I want one more sunny day when I can raise up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You got Always covered the sky. If the billows never quit rolling, and it rained, it rained all. a prayer request or prayer report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church Post Office Box 3603 Cary, North Carolina 27519 or call us at 919-363-5198 or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org Thank you again.